<laughs> Fantastic. Welcome to Devon Dragon Radio. I'm your host, ML Rustrak. I'm here with special guest, Paulina, and she's here to talk about her wonderful new book. Oh, this is a little bit of a disclosure because it is an adult-themed book. So it is your true story about your secret life as a sex addict. Correct. So um, I will introduce myself. Um, I'm a 50-year-old woman. Um, I write under the pseudonym Paulina Pantaleva. Uh, I wrote a book that is self-published um, that came out just one month ago. And I um, came to write it um, last year. I was age 49. I had... Um, a lot of medical problems, such as high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I had um, cancer several years ago. I was overweight. I was depressed, um, low energy, just overall not feeling well. And I was trying to get my physical and mental health in order before turning age 50, because I consider that to be a, a big milestone and I did not want to go into age 50 still the mess that I was. So I sought out a diet recovery coach. And what that means is um, I had disordered eating and I had a binge eating disorder for decades of my life, ever since I was 12 years old. And that caused me to um, yo-yo in my weight, um, 30 pounds from one year to the next, but I would have um, weight fluctuations as high as 50 or 60 pounds at different times in my life. And uh, last year um, at age 49, I was in one of my worst um, binge eating episodes where I was completely destroying myself uh, with food. And I was completely out of control and in, in great despair to, to fix um, that addiction. So I sought out um, uh, Dana, who uh, is a diet recovery coach. And in the process of getting my uh, eating disorder under control and treated, I was able to overcome my sex addiction as well. Um, up until this time, I... I, I did seek treatment in the past uh, for sex addiction, but it was such a shameful um, topic and it was very difficult to get good help because I was too ashamed to even come forward as a sex addict. And likewise, um, the, the help that, if you, that you search um, also seemed more geared towards men or um, situations that I, I felt like didn't exactly meet my needs so um yeah I'll let you ask so, okay so there you have a lot of inf information there mm -hmm. so if you go to the diet and that part first mm -hmm. did you cor ever correlate it with your addiction to sex yes so I um my my sex addiction um originated due to um, childhood sexual abuse um, between the ages of eight and 11. At age 11, when the sexual abuse stopped, 
that is my first memory of having um, a binge eating episode where I, okay. you know, uh, was sneaking food, junk foods from um, the kitchen where I babysat. I was sneaking like uh, packages of cheese. So this continued um, where I had disordered eating and I had dysfunctional um, sexual behaviors. And at age 35, um, I knew that I, I had an eating disorder, but I did not know that my sexual behavior had a name or that it was a diagnosis in some way. So at age 35, what had happened at that time, and I write about this in my book, is that I had uh, gained a lot of weight and I uh, went to a hypnotist to try to um, get hypnotized to lose weight. So in the process of going to this hypnotist, I had a um, sexual inappropriate affair with the, the hypnotist that went on for months and months and months. Um, while I was having an affair with the hypnotist, I, I lost a lot of weight. And in the process of having um, this uh, affair with the hypnotist, my husband at the time discovered um, my affair with the hypnotist. He broke, my husband broke up with me at that time. And after weeks of um, crying and begging and trying to get my husband back, um, he confronted me with, are you a sex addict? This is per my husband's words. And I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea what that was. I looked it up on, on Google at that time. And indeed, I saw the descriptions of what it was. And I fit those descriptions. So as a result of that affair and that declaration by my husband, uh, I went to therapy. Um, so I went for therapy specifically for a sex addiction, one-on-one. -on -one. And the therapist at that time, when I told her the story about the hypnotist and my weight loss and all the events from my past up until that point, she correlated the food and the sex behaviors at that time, which I was not aware of at all. So I only developed that insight at age 35. So what she um, revealed to me is that there was very much an inverse relationship between the two. So as one addiction got better, the other addiction would get worse and vice versa. So um, in the process of binging on the sex addiction part, I would lose my appetite for food and lose weight. And then when I didn't have sexual um, behaviors to fuel my endorphin rush, I would comfort myself with food to, um, to, to emotionally get what I needed. So that was a correlation that was made at age 35, but it has taken an additional 15 years for me to really gain more insight 
and to um, to get it under control, basically. And now at this point in my cover in my recovery, I am much much better, but it is going to be a lifelong process because I have been this way for I'm, I'm 50. I have been this way since I was a preteen. So it's going to take longer for me to work everything out, but that's where I am now. Well, this is actually a common thing with abused women, especially when the abuse happens preteen. You either get addicted to sex or an adversion to sex. It's one of the two. Mm-hmm. We see this and we don't overly correlate it with, hey, it, there was past trauma back here that was leading me to my life here. Until we recognize it and we put a name to it, we can't get help for it. So what does it do but affect in every relationship we ever get in? Yes. And then we, we either attract those with the opposite aversion or addiction because my first husband, I have an aversion to sex. He wasn't a sex addict. My first husband was. There's a lot of information out there. And actually, because I didn't want sex because I am an abuse victim from child abuse, from rape. And I don't want sex, really. Mm -hmm. And he was a sex addict. It really came between our relationship. Absolutely. Similarly, in in my situation, um, I am a sex addict and my husband, um, he's quote, very normal, very vanilla, very uh, monogamous and um, raised Catholic and without um, a a trauma history, thank God. So he um, could never um, match up to my tastes or my um, requests. So it created a lot of um, stress throughout the years. Thankfully, he was able to recognize me as a sex addict, and he was able to differentiate my addiction talking versus the person that I was. And uh, he was open-minded to working out um, my traumas or trying to understand my, my psyche better. However, there were repeated betrayals that are very difficult to recover from. And I still make amends to him for what I put him through. And um, I believe in divine intervention. And I believe that uh, my husband, who I'm going to call Richard, um, for the sake of you know, of course, private. that's not his actual name, but, um, in the book, he is Richard. Um, I believe that he was an angel basically sent from, from heaven to keep me safe or to help me on my journey to recovery. Um, because that's how, um, amazing he is and how blessed I am to that. He, um, remained in the relationship despite, all the things that that happened over the past 20 years. Well, that's really good because once you have someone that's in your life, I'm very fortunate to have my fiance that understands my my crazy, crazy past myself. And he has brought me to the point where I can now openly talk about this stuff 
like you are with your book. Mm-hmm. It's to the point where we have to step outside of the trauma, look at it from a clinical point of view. Yes, you get help. Yes, you go to mindset coaches. Yes, you go to hypnosis. Yes, you'd go to any form of therapy that you correlate with. This is an individual thing. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying one is better than the other. It's individual. Please take it that way. But once you get through the therapy part, now you can actually look at it from inside out. What happened? Is this who I want to be? And how do I move forward? And then you talk about it. Because once we as women talk about it, now we find our group somewhere else and we learn, hey, there's other people like me going through this and they Mm -hmm. don't know this is what they're going through. Yes, absolutely. It was very hard to find other women to relate to with this. So that's why I feel like my story that I'm writing about, and this is my book, My Secret Life as a Sex Addict, How I Repaired the Damage. Um, I think it will help so many people because there are so few good resources. I remember um, a few years ago, I searched on um, Amazon and an Audible and I, I entered, you know, um, sex addict, sex addiction, um, female sex addiction, recovery, things of that nature. And a whole bunch of books came up um, that were from the male perspective on porn addiction, on sex addiction. Um, there was, there's very popular books by the author, uh, Patrick Carnes, PhD. Um, and it's a very clinical type of book. I actually, um, I did not purchase it, but I listened to, to it on audible, like the, the samples and mm-hmm. I could not relate to it because it was like, um, it, it, it was clinical. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it, but it wasn't, um, heartfelt spiritual. It wasn't, uh, vulnerable. It wasn't honest. It was, mm-hmm. it was like the, the cleaned up clinical version of it. And what I pride myself in my book is that I really spill my truth out. And, um, and actually even writing after writing the book, there's actually more things that have come uh, into mind. And I feel like I'm going to um, kind of uh, evolve the book in the future to have even more content. Um, but um, just the read stories, a book. Yeah. Do a volume two. I volume wrote, two. Yeah. okay. As an abuse victim, I wrote a book that came out earlier this year on abuse. Well, I took that one book, it's now seven different books, and they're all coming out each month of the year this year because there's different types of abuse. Well, sex addiction usually stems from abuse. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but there's no real things out there that say, this is my story. This is mm-hmm. A, how I recognized it. Mm-hmm. B, what I did before I recognized it. Yes. The steps to get help. And that's yes. who I am today. Yes. And that's exactly how I structured my book, you know, how, how it originated, how I acted out on my sex addiction and what are the steps I took to recover from it. So one interesting um, term that I learned in the process of writing about um, how it originated, which I only learned 
now at age 50 was that um, the sex addiction, I'm sorry, the sex abuse that I sustained as a child caused a discordant reaction. And what that means is that um, as a child, when I was molested, I knew that the behavior was wrong. It was um, secretive. I couldn't tell anybody. Um, it was wrong in every way. However, my body reacted with pleasure. And anybody who is sexually stimulated at any age, under any circumstances, um, will have a physical reaction that is sometimes pleasurable. And because in my mind, I knew that the behavior was wrong, but my body felt good, that create that mixed message created intense confusion to me. And it created shame and guilt, even at my young age of eight to 11. So I um, blamed myself for my sexual abuse. I thought that I enjoyed it when I should not be enjoying it. I brought it on and I attracted it. I caused um, the, the, it was an older teenage boy. So he was a kid himself. I, I caused him to behave in this way. So the combination of being hypersexualized very young plus feeling shame and guilt starting at that age was just a recipe for more um, quote punishment of myself. Because if a person feels guilty about something or shame, shameful, then guilt and shame require punishment to fix. That's how our, our mind works. So on the one hand, addictive behaviors provide an escape and a relief to our emotional pain. They also create uh, pain and punishment for that behavior. And it becomes a vicious cycle. You act out on um, your addiction uh, because you feel guilty about something and it's somewhat punishing to, to act out on, in this way. And then you feel more guilty. So you, it confirms that really I'm a bad person and I uh, need to be mistreated by men or mistreat myself with food. And, and so on and so forth. It creates this catch 22 and the cycle of addiction. It does. And then a lot of times we see, we have this mindset of, I don't deserve better because that's our mindset at this point. We're not in a recovery yet. We're in the mindset of I'm negative. So we attract negative. So our relationships are usually the opposite of what we actually want. If yes. we want to be in a healthy relationship, we normally attract the ones that will give us the unhealthy relationship. For you, was your uh, affairs that you couldn't control because you weren't in the recovery. I recognize this now. Mm -hmm. There's a name to it so I can move forward. You weren't there yet. Correct. So you're attracting, attracting the affairs. Mm -hmm. For others, they attract the bad boy, bad girl, whatever it is, the negative of what they're actually wanting. I know I want my princess, my prince charming, whatever the fairy tale is narrative that we have in our brain, but I'm attracting the 
rapist, the child molester, the person that's going to abuse us, whatever the negative is, that's what we attract because our mindset is, I don't deserve my happy ending. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, uh, correct. Yeah, there's definitely a self-esteem mm-hmm. <laughs> um, deficit. Um, and um, there's there's so many layers to the dysfunction. Um, the other um, piece of the puzzle was that um, I had tremendous guilt that I thought I caused my son's um, severe physical disability. And I, I lived uh, with this guilt. Um, and again, that this was layered on guilt from the past, thinking that I caused my, um, my sexual abuse as a child. So um, these uh, multiple uh, sources of guilt mm-hmm. absolutely caused that much more self-destruction from in the form of putting myself in situations where um, I mistreated my body. I allowed other people to, to use and abuse me sexually and um, likewise with food as well. It all goes hand in hand. We abuse ourselves because we're so guilty. We have no self-esteem because of whatever the abuse was. This is so common among abuse victims, especially those that are children, but we don't talk about it. We say, okay, let's take the child away from the abuser. That's it. They're healed. And that's not it. When you have a child that's abused, it doesn't matter if the abuse starts at six months or 16. If you have a child that is abused, there's a long list of psychiatrical problems that need to be addressed. And until we actually talk about it, we get into groups, we put things into Amazon in book form that says, hey, I was a victim. I am now a survivor. And this is a steps. We're not going to get past it as a community. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, to in terms of overcoming my addiction, that was like the first step is like um, knowing what the history was like. So now I look at my sexual abuse. I don't, I don't think of myself as a victim at all, or that I caused it. It's just um, information. Like this is what happened to me. And this is the explanation for why I acted out as an adult. So that is step one is like just insight. And um, the other part of it is um, um, I am, I need help. I need help to overcome this. So I uh, relied on spirituality as well, because sometimes you can talk everything out and rehash it multiple times and talk and talk and talk. uh, But it's still it it intellectually makes sense, but somehow it still doesn't heal your Mm -hmm. heart. So it's a combination of um, talking and rehashing and understanding the events intellectually but also stringing everything together within a spiritual context. Like what were um, the lessons, even though I, I, I don't like to, um, I, I still have a mixed relationship in terms of, you know, um, 
my relationship with the universe or a higher power or God, because um, sometimes I feel like we were given more than our fair share of problems. But um, I also am grateful for our strength and our recovery and everything that happened in the past, of course, now makes you um, a wiser, stronger, better person. Um, I forgot where I was going with that, the train of thought, but go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. No, this is, I, I choose the spiritual realm rather than the religious realm. It's mm -hmm. why even today, after putting out 20 some books on abuse and all these other things that I do now, I still go through the path bender program. I have to make sure because there's pathfinder and there's path bender. I'm going through the path bender program now because I need even today to keep my mind to where I have a positive mindset. It's not a one and done like people think. It's an everyday struggle. It does get easier, but it's an everyday thing that we have to move forward on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I um, I am mindful, like when, when I go sit down to eat, you know, I, I think about my, my food recovery part, because from the sexual standpoint there, you know, it, it's, um, there's less opportunities and that's more under control, but food of course is a daily activity. So, um, it is far from perfect and, um, it's, it's a constant, um, evolution or, you know, slight, you know, the effort gets less and less as I settle into my healing more, but, um, yeah, it's forever. It really is, but we are almost out of time. So where can our listeners and our viewers find you? So right now, um, my book is available online, um, only, um, it's called My Secret Life as a Sex Addict, How I Repaired the D Damage. And my pseudonym is Paulina Pantileva, spelled P-A-N-T-Y-L-E-V-A. And um, I do have an email address. Um, it's uh, P-Panties, uh, spelled P-P-A-N-T-I-E-S. 333 at gmail.com. Um, right now I have a very low uh, public profile because I am remaining anonymous because my uh, in my day job, I do work as a medical doctor. And um, while I'm, I am not ashamed, I am proud of my recovery. Um, I still don't want to, at this point in my life, lose, you know, clients or my livelihood. Um, because of the stigma that this um, carries. So um, I don't have much more of any type of uh, presence other than uh, the existence of my, my book and uh, my email address and this interview now. Um, <laughs> and I hope going forward, you know, like my goal is um, to do more interviews um, so that I can, um, spread um, this message uh, to other women through my book. And also in the process, it allows me to keep talking it out and continue my own recovery. And there are so many, um, there's this topic is so vast, like I, there, there's so much more to talk about, but we'll, we'll keep it. Yeah. 
Another resource for all of our listeners and our readers, regardless of where you're at in your recovery, or if you still need to reach out, go to rain.org. The word rain with an extra n.org. As speakers, we tend to go there so we can help our community. As victims, it's a great resource so you can have a voice. Wonderful. Good to know. I'll check that out as well. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And for our readers and our listeners, happy reading.